0: Visit Picasso
1: to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your
0: first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Sexton goes down the left alley, switched to hands, he scores. He went up with the left hand, switched to the right.
2: Sexton now is 8 of 12, he has 18 points. Quieta, bonito el pase de Lop para Carla. Con tiempo, taparon café y la pone tres. Sí, señor, el novato, Darius Garland.
0: Read he'll spin, he'll fade away, he'll fire from the baseline and score. Kevin Love now is 10 of 12 in this opening quarter. He has 28 first quarter points.
2: Four contra one para los local. A la izquierda para Porter Junior.
0: Welcome to Cavs HQ, brought to you by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on Fox Sports Ohio and the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, John Michael and Rafa Hernandez-Brito. And just like that, the NBA is back. Training camp is set for next month. This is Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, joining you here on Fox Sports Ohio simulcast. On the Cavaliers Radio Network with Rafa Hernandez-Brito, the Spanish voice of the Cavaliers. I am John, Michael, and Rafa, here we go right around the corner. We get the announcement just a couple of days ago, and the NBA is on the doorstep. Here we go again.
2: Christmas present is coming. You know, for all of us who wrote that letter to Santa asking for basketball, John, we have gotten our our wish granted and and, and kudos to the Players Union, kudos to the NBA, to the owners, to everybody that has been on 100% of the time since the pandemic stopped the the league back in March. As the commissioner said, one team was concentrated on Orlando, another team was concentrated on what was going to happen for 2020, 2021. We seem to know now the answer, and thank God it's going to be right before Christmas, which is the date that the NBA seems to have owned for for the longest time.
0: Yeah, reports
2: are that training
0: camps will start near the beginning of December, and it should be the week of Christmas where games begin. But now you think about it logistically, Rafa, what a wild couple of weeks this is going to be. I mean, the draft's going to take place, free agency's going to take place, and then Players are in training camp and, and on to the season. I mean, there's could be some wild swapping of, of players, obviously, as we see. This free agency period, maybe not so much. This isn't as wild as some some free agency periods in previous seasons. But in terms of the time, kids are getting drafted. They're going to have to report directly to the city, directly to camp, and, and off they go. It's going to be crazy.
2: And then you have the planning of the scheduling. because they go, There's also going to have to be some adjustments there, too, in terms of traveling, in terms of how they're going to do it. A lot, of, a lot of scenarios have been – thrown out there as reports, as rumors. But I'm pretty sure and confident that the NBA, led by Commissioner Silver, is going to come out with the best plan possible to make sure that we get the shortened season, 72 games I think they have agreed to, and get on to the Olympics and next summer and back back on schedule for next season. Yeah, and
0: like I said, we're going to talk about this more in the second half of the show, but that's the idea. They want to get the season done. They don't want to have the playoffs again running into autumn Running into different sports, and then this summer, as you mentioned, running into the Olympics. So, and you said it, Robert. They've been so good with the scheduling. You know, you think back to a couple of years ago, they were trying to make it easier on the players, spreading the games out. Now it might need to be a little more condensed. Although, as you talked about, it's likely to be a seventy-two game season. There's been talk about maybe playing teams twice when you go to that city, again, for COVID purposes and safety purposes. And when you think of the multitude of things that has to be taken into account, it's not going to be easy to make that schedule. And, I'm, you know, I think we're especially interested, considering, you know, where this team's going to be, how this is all going to flush out. We're going to find
2: out soon. We're definitely going to find out soon. And another thing that was in question is the traveling cross-country. You know, right. they're really trying to not only avoid this long traveling period, but also because it's gonna be condensed, you have to be aware of that point too, to make sure the players don't get burned out going going cross country. So hey, we're playing hopefully before the year is over and that's all I really care about.
0: We have a terrific featured guest here in the first half of the show, the Cavaliers' Dylan Windler, uh, selected 26th uh, in the previous draft of the Cavaliers. We know the story, was injured, was unable to play last year, had the stress reaction in his leg, um, had successful surgery in January. But, you know, Rafa, he was coming off a wonderful season at Belmont as a senior, averaged 21 and 11. A lot of excitement getting ready for this young man, and we're going to get to visit with him on this show for the first time.
2: Not many, not many people get to be rookies two years in a row. <laughs> I, I want to find out, too, if he's going to be able to carry his rookie duties again or he's going to be free from that from that responsibility.
0: Well, we're, we're happy to have Dylan on board for this show. Um, unfortunately, we had some tragic news recently in the Cavaliers fami- family. Uh, Erica Weems, the sister of Brandon Weems, the Cavs director of scouting, uh, died tragically earlier this month in Akron, Cavs General Manager, Kobe Altman, released a statement, uh, which I'll read. The entire Cavaliers organization was terribly saddened to learn about the recent tragic death of Brandon Weems' sister, Erica. Our hearts are heavy and filled with pain over this senseless act. We express our deepest condolences to Brandon, the entire Weems family, their loved ones, and the Akron community. We will be with Brandon throughout this extremely difficult time and will offer our assistance and resources to help find justice for Erica. Brandon, uh, we love you, buddy, and we're here for you. Uh, I know I speak for everyone involved with this show and saying we echo Kobe Altman's words and we can't emphasize enough how much our thoughts and prayers are with you, your family, and your loved ones. Erica Weems was 37. John and Rafa welcoming you back to Cavs HQ. We have a terrific guest here in the first half of the show. It's the Cavaliers' Dylan Windler and Rafa, sure, he'll be making his Cavs debut in just a couple of months, but he's making his Cavs HQ debut yeah. here today, which I'm, I'm sure is equally as exciting.
2: A little more pressure than what he's been going through, through his rehab and everything that had to happened. We all joined him with, with the pandemic, but it's great to see him when he was in the mini-bubble that we had, happy and in good spirits, and not only that, John, the most important thing, his teammates were really happy to see him because they, we, we all saw him on and off during the last season, and he's finally going to be able to jump on an NBA court and hopefully get his career going. Yeah, and we saw what he went
0: through as well, Rafa, in terms of getting ready for the season, having the pain in his leg. It turned out to be a stress reaction. Had successful surgery in January, a, a long road back. There he was in the bubble, and you're right. I mean, his teammates were, were as happy to see him, obviously, but happy to see him effective and happy to see him playing so well out there on the floor. A lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation about Dylan Winler coming up this next season. Without any further ado, let's welcome Dylan to the show. Dylan, it's so good to see you. It feels like we haven't seen you in forever.
3: How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. I just got back to Cleveland this weekend, so – I uh, had a little bit of time in Nashville working out and uh, seeing some people back back up there, some family and friends. So um, it's good to be back, though. It's good to be back in Cleveland. The weather's nice, so I got nothing to complain about. You mentioned working out. How have you been able to do this with all of the circumstances and what we've been dealing with for the last six or seven months? Yeah, it's just been a little harder, uh, you know, just some basic obstacles, just getting in gyms and uh, finding gym space and coordinating that with your trainers uh, it's just been a little bit more difficult this this summer, for sure. Uh, but you know, you just got to find a way to to get it done and get those get that stuff figured out. And uh, it's it's been good. It's been a really good summer. It's been it's been long, but uh, very productive for myself. So.
2: You know, this year, everybody Dylan is talking about 2020. has been the year that everybody is gonna just dump on it. But your 2020 started misbehaving way before everybody else's. Because in January, you, you, you went into surgery and started rehab, then the pandemic hit, the league stopped, your rehab process obviously got interrupted a little bit. How much do you learn from yourself during this process? You've never really been injured during your four-year career, and now, all of a sudden, you're working on, on, on just trying to get back to the court. Can you talk to us a little bit about how, how that process tested your, your will?
3: Yeah, like you said, uh, I've never been, never had any type of major injury before this, so it, this has been tough for me. Uh, it's just kind of uncharted territory for me going through, you know, a, a major surgery, an orthopedic surgery, and then uh, having to deal with, you know, the rehab part of that. Not only physically is that hard, uh, but mentally it's it's hard to get through as a, you know, first-time injury, uh, just, you know, not being used to, um you know, not having that full strength in your leg and trying to really have to work to get that back, get to work every day, uh, you know, multiple times a day just to get the strength that you had before this. Uh, so, so it can be frustrating at times. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of ups and downs through the process, a lot of bad days where, you know, it's not feeling the way you want it to feel even though you're, you know, you're really trying to, to work hard and strengthen it as much as you can. So it, it's been a wild ride. But, um, you know, for me, I, I, I was fortunate with just the timing of everything. Um, like you said, I did have a bit of a break in the rehab process, just being able not being able to go to the facility for, for you know, a couple of weeks there early on, but, um, you know, I was able to do a lot of stuff at home and just try to stay on top of stuff until I could get back into the facility and with the trainers. But, um, just for me, the, the timing of everything has worked out really well with just, uh, you know, us, you know, stopping the season in March and then haven't even been able to play since then. Uh, It's just given me a lot of time to, to really try and get this thing right before we get the ball rolling this season.
0: Once it was decided that the Cavs were not going to be invited to the Orlando bubble, the front office was pushing nearly instantly for many bubbles to be able to work with the players. I mean, we saw some of the teams in Orlando really blossom, getting those eight extra games in the Phoenix Suns being one of those teams. But a big reason for the Cavs saying that was they wanted to work with players Like you, you go to the bubble in September and October. Uh, We understand you had a a great, you know, you had a great couple of days. Can you take us through the emotions for you when you finally were able to get out there with your teammates, albeit months after you thought you were going to do that for the first time?
3: Yeah, it is a great feeling. You know, I'll take anything I can get. Obviously, we're not in a a, a perfect game setting playing against, you know, other teams. But uh, be able to get that work in against our guys and being able to do a little inter-squad scrimmaging, uh, for me, that was huge, just because you know I need to get those those live game reps as much as possible, because that's what you're going to see in the game. And if if uh, you go eight months without seeing any of that, and and you're just you know working on your jump shot and uh, working one on one with trainers, that's it's a big difference. Uh, there's just really only so much you can do without ten guys out on the floor, because you just you have to make live game reads. Uh, just the speed of the game, it's hard to replicate unless you're really out there playing five on five. So um you no know, that that week was definitely big for me um uh, just kind of getting back in the field and the rhythm of things and uh you know i'm looking forward to uh you know these next couple weeks before we ramp it up to training camp just kind of getting back ready with these guys and uh hopefully you know we'll be able to the nba cleared it's where we can scrimmage in our own practice facility now so um just getting up and down with those guys will be you know every day is is stuff that's going to help us a lot going into training camp and then the season
2: and before we get into the news of the, the basketball world being, being put back together in December, Dylan, I wanted to ask you, are you at a point now in your, in your, in your comeback that you, you, don't, you no longer have to think about your leg or, or the pain is not, is not the same the next day? Are you, are you 100% trusting now? you feel confident? Or are you still working through the process of, of, of just letting yourself go and, and not think about the injury?
3: Um, uh, yeah, I've gotten, I've definitely come a long way with just, uh, you know, not having to think about it. So the leg, the, the previous injury is completely healed up that spot in the bone, uh, where I have the stress fracture. So for me that, you know, having, you know, seeing the scans and seeing that, that injury is completely healed gives me a little bit of peace of mind, you know, when you're running around on the court and jumping and doing all that stuff. Uh, so, so that being said, uh, yeah, it's, it's good knowing that, you know, I'm not really scared of re-injuring that spot. Uh, There is still, you know, a little bit that you have to, uh, your body has to get used to going full speed, just like the knee and stuff, you know, where they go and do the incisions and the screws. Uh, That stuff, you know, that stuff's going to get better over time the more and more you you play on it and your body responds to it. So there's going to be soreness, obviously, fighting through, you know, even the next couple months going into the season. But for me, the biggest thing is just that spot that that caused me so much trouble before um, that spot really being healed up. And uh, ready to go. And I, I think it is. So that gives me a lot of peace of mind.
0: We're up against a break. Dylan, can you stick around for the next segment?
3: Yep, for sure.
0: All right. More Dylan Whittler on Cavs HQ brought to you by Sherwin Williams right after this. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, where well, the Cavs have a new official wine. It is Knocking Point. We have a new official segment. It's called Uncork. We get to know our guests a little bit better. This week's guest is Dylan Windler. Great to continue to visit with Dylan. Speaking of uncorking, Dylan, and cause for celebration, I understand your family a couple of weeks ago had cause for celebration at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse.
3: Yeah, yeah, We uh, it was a very special night for me and uh, my entire family. I uh, was able to get engaged to my girlfriend of over four or five years, so it was a very special night. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that was over at the field house that helped me put that together, and uh, just make it extremely special for her. But yeah, we had uh, had the whole family in town that got to witness it, uh, so it was it was definitely a very special day and night.
2: You know, at, at first we were kind of like, "Oh my God, my wife was, would have killed me if I had proposed to her at the arena." But then we <laughs> found out your fiance Lauren played basketball, and both your yeah. families were were here, so you know it, it makes sense. So the question everybody wants to know is,
3: who is the better shooter at the new windler Rao family? Huh? she's she's uh she's pretty underrated. She's she's very <laughs> sneaky. Uh, sometimes we go out there and play pig or something. She might you know, catch me lacking and she's uh she's pretty talented herself. Yeah, she played she played college ball, so she knows how to play.
2: How do you how do you get everybody to come to the field house and not not be suspicious about what was going on?
3: Yeah, it it was tough. It took a lot of planning. Uh I had to make sure everybody got here uh timely and into the arena without her knowing and uh you know she's she's quite the detective so that was that was pretty tough for me but <laughs> I was able to get it done.
0: Rob, did you see that wise, politically correct answer by Dylan? Remember, we asked David Nawaba, whose sister is a world class athlete, like what, what event she beat you at? And Dylan, David Nawaba seriously looked right in the camera and said, None. <laughs> he didn't think it was funny. He wasn't, <laughs> wasn't gracious about it. He said, No, I, I beat her at all. <laughs> I beat her at all seven events. Hey, so listen, during the Cavs bubble, you had some on court work, but you had some off court work as well, right? You got to do a number of different things. I understand you went to Top Golf. Now, I mean, your golf prowess is well known and documented. My question is this: Which of your
3: teammates needed the most help? Whew. Yeah, we've been to Top Golf a couple times now, and uh, a tough yeah. question. That there, many? Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of guys that could use some help. Just just some general swing knowledge and some tips. Uh, yeah, KP could definitely use some help. KP. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys. I think, yeah, we're definitely. If we had to, we had to go play golf right now. I think our team would be in the bottom half. I might be able to carry it <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, I mean, not a lot of golfers out there. A, a few years, a few years ago, we had an outing at Top
0: Golf on the road, and what made me laugh the most was some of the grips. I mean, one of our guys, and let's just say it's one of the premier players in the game, ha- had his club like this <laughs> the fact that you actually hit the ball anywhere was the most unbelievable athletic achievement I've ever seen yeah. what what aspects of the game was it the stance was it
3: or just a little bit of everything you well, know it's, it's quite a bit yeah it's just the swing <laughs> path the grip's always pretty messed up uh yeah the stance they're moving their feet while they're swinging it's uh yeah all that
2: how how long have you been playing golf, and at, w- at what age did you discover that you were actually good at it and could actually hit the ball long? And is it difficult for you now during the season, especially now that you've been injured, that you haven't really been out there, you know, hitting some balls?
3: Yeah, uh, I played. I started playing at a pretty young age, just kind of going down the driving range with my my dad and stuff. So that's kind of where I picked it up, and then. I just liked it a lot, so I played a lot of youth tournaments and then just carried it through middle school and high school, and just, you know, I, I started to get really good at it just because I was practicing it every day, going to the course every day uh, early on in high school, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I still love playing. It's uh, it's honestly even it's more relaxing playing now. You just, you don't have the stresses of any tournaments or competitions. You just kind of go out there and have fun, but, yeah, I mean, I, I probably haven't been able to play as much as I'd like to just the last couple summers with basketball and everything, and. Uh, but you know, I'll definitely try to find some more time to play. It's just it's, it's very peaceful and relaxing getting out there.
2: If you were if you were playing, you know, your typical once or two rounds a week, how many tournaments would it take you to, to make the cut with the, with the with the big guys, with the guys on TV?
3: Oof, I'd have to put a lot of practice in. Those guys, those guys, <laughs> those guys make it look way too easy. But I did uh, before I left Cleveland a couple weeks ago. I was I uh, went out to Canterbury. Uh-huh. With uh, with JJ and a guy he knows out there, and uh, a shot of 72. So that was my first time playing. Uh-huh. That was my first time playing in a couple months since then. So I can still I can still get hot when I go out there. So it's just a matter of putting it all together. Right. Cavs fans are looking
0: for you to get hot on the floor. No question, Dylan. A lot of people excited. For this season, I'm almost thinking the Cavs have two rookies coming in. The Cavs are going to select at five and have you coming in for the start of the season. Before we let you go, if you had to describe your game for the fans of Cleveland or if you have a message to your
3: fans as you get set for what is now going to be your rookie season, what would that be? Uh, just, I bring a lot of excitement to the table. I can, you know, I can shoot it from anywhere on the court. Uh, you know, I try to keep moving at all times. And I kind of just try to add that, you know, that little Steph Clay action where they're just always moving around, looking for open shots and uh, trying to get other guys open just by always moving off the ball and uh, just going to play hard, rebounds, and uh, just try to bring some fire to this team and, in any way possible.
2: And the most important question, are you going to have to do another year of rookie duties <laughs> on the road and with the team, or are you done with that? <laughs> let's, let's, let's try to not bring it up. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, see, no, Rob big mouth, Rob's, okay, Rob's
0: big mouth gets us all in trouble. Though, here we go. <laughs> It's about to work for you for this upcoming season hey man great to see you uh obviously continue good luck and success we love having you around and uh best of luck heading into this rookie campaign
3: yeah thank you guys all right our
0: thanks to Dylan Winlow we're going to step away be back with more Cavs HQ right after this We welcome you back to Cavs HQ. As always, the Cavs work in the community has been a hallmark of the organization and always looking for ways to impact that community. Cavs head coach J.B. Dickerstaff and his wife Nikki recently provided new iPads and one year of free internet service to 10 Cleveland area high school seniors. The couple worked with the Boys and Girls Club of Northeast Ohio to select 10 members of the clubs five students from East Tech High School, and five from John Adams College and Career Academy to receive the gifts. The staffs met virtually on a Zoom call with the students to deliver the good news. Great stuff as always, JB and Nikki. Cavaliers in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We're going to be right back with a second half of Cavs HQ presented by Sherwood Williams. John and Rafa back with you on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. So, Rafa, big news recently, the agreement between the players and the owners to start the season the week of Christmas right around the corner is camp starting December 1st. I don't know about you, but when this was going on, when we were in those summer months, my thought was we were the earliest we would start would be in January, MLK Day, and more likely in February or March. Were you caught by surprise? I certainly
2: was. I was caught by surprise just because of the fact that you just mentioned that it had taken a little longer than we thought it was. And even the commissioner has said that the December 22 start was in danger because of the delays and the agreement that had to be agreed to. You know. But I think at the end of the day, even though when this whole thing stopped in March, the NBA was able to put basketball aside and worry about the health and the well-being of the players, the fans, and the community. But nowadays, you know, everything has to go back. And at the end of the day, we all know we work in a business, John. And in order for the NBA to get back to a normal schedule of October to June, they needed to hurry up. They needed to look at this financially. And I think at the end of the day, they all agree that December 22nd is what made sense for everybody. There are prices to pay. Because for all those that wanted the, the champion crown last year, this is one of the prices that you, somebody had to take a, a hit somewhere, and this is one of them, just starting with a 71 days of off season.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and when I say I was surprised,
2: once the commissioner
0: threw that out there and said, Hey, if you don't start by the week of Christmas, I mean, in one month, the revenue loss will be somewhere between five hundred million and one billion which was staggering to me, Rafa. You know, you think about it. Right, right. right. It's a staggering number. So the two competing interests were this. Well, there are players out there saying, no, wait a second, the the finals just finished in October. You know, a lot of the, the teams that had the deep playoff runs are saying, you know, our bodies need more time. And that's a legit concern, Rafa. I mean, you know, a player's biggest, you know, what do they have to rely on? that body. And if it's not there, they're not playing basketball. So to me, certainly a legitimate concern on the other side, you know, when you think about how salaries will decrease eventually that money doesn't come in. It might not hurt players this season, but in future seasons when that cap will drop and potentially drop precipitously, if you're going to lose one month or potentially multiple months, that's a huge, huge deal for players signing new contracts. So I think at the end of the day, Everybody said, yeah, we, we, we hate the fact that we have to come back this quickly, but that's a huge concern the money. And don't forget, too, television, Rafa, right? I mean, we saw what happened this year with the playoffs running into April, or excuse me, into August and September and October. It's competing with all the other sports. I mean, football had come back, baseball playoffs. Look at L.A. alone. During a number of those Laker final games, the Dodgers were playing as well. So, of course, that's going to cut into ratings, and that was a big concern
2: as well. And not only that, but you just mentioned a lot of the pieces of this puzzle, John, the TV contract, the fact that they have to pay at least 70 games regular season in order for the TV money to kick in. And you're talking about a billion dollars. And in this day and age of the collective bargaining agreement where the revenue related to basketball is split 50-50, that also means the losses are split 50-50 and, and, and the players I think as a whole, as a union came together and decided that this is the best course of action and I would recommend all those guys that know some of the superstars in the world of soccer to get on the phone and call Neymar or call Cristiano Ronaldo. How do you do on the year that you play the World Cup when you finish playing, you season, you cup and then you got to go to the World Cup and then come back. So. I know we are dealing with unprecedented times here with the NBA, but we know that going in. But again, I think the NBA shows that they are the best league when it comes to the players and the owners coming together and really working something that makes sense for everybody, including the fans as well.
0: Yeah, and I, believe me, I don't want to shortchange here, and I said this earlier, I don't want to shortchange the, a lot of the players' concerns, which is coming back early. Again, the body, the body being the biggest commodity for these guys. So it, it is certainly an interesting situation. I mean, Rob, this is going to be a wild month, you know, with the news that we are going to start not only near Christmas, but that um, December 1st is the start of camp. So now you're dealing with draft you're dealing with free agency concerns, all of this in a matter of weeks. And I mean, it's well, I mean, a fun time to be an NBA fan because it's gonna be wild here, a roller coaster, uh, buckle up and hang on uh, over the next little while.
2: But again, unprecedented times are going to favor those teams that are very innovative in the way they deal with it because there's no precedent to this, right? So now you're gonna have front offices dealing with what you just mentioned, a training camp, free agency a draft a preseason and then also going into the season you have the team dealing with the protocols for the for the pandemic you have also the front offices dealing with how and dealing with the government local governments on how the fans are going to be included you have teams that have changed coaches you have teams that have chosen that this year was going to be the year that we're going to renew the rosters so you start putting into advantages or disadvantages I don't know. You know, I think the guys that have not been on court for the last 230 some days when the, when the when the season starts might have an advantage here. The team that had some kind of a uh, continuity from the roster from last year. I don't know. I mean, again, we never seen it before, so I'm, I'm, we definitely will now starting December 22nd.
0: Yeah, you bring up a couple of great points. One is that there are nine of the 30 teams that are going to come into this season with a new head coach. 30% of the teams in the league enter this season with a new head coach, along with everything else unfolding. And you brought that up in a previous show, and I thought it was a great point. What was thought to be a competitive disadvantage for the eight teams that were not invited to Orlando, for obvious reasons. I mean, look at the Phoenix Suns. I mean, that's the, that's the poster team for how a team can improve and did improve dramatically during that little stretch. Seems like eight games, but they had all those practices to ramp back up and get ready to be playing competitive games against the top 22 teams in the league. So that I, I do think that was a big deal. The Cavs front office thought it was a big deal, you know, and they said, listen, this is a competitive disadvantage, went to the league, and that was the onset of the talk about the local bubbles, which did take place. Now, again, limited, nice for the the coaches to get their hands back on the players, to get a couple of weeks of players in the mini bubbles in their cities, in those eight cities where the teams didn't make it, but, you know, different, but a lot different. Now the question is, Do those teams get an advantage because they're more rested? And that's what you were pointing out. I don't, we don't know the answer to that question, but I mean, if some of the playoff teams are going to be resting players at the start of the season, limiting minutes at the start of the season, I don't see how it can't be a competitive advantage for teams that have been ready to roll since the middle of March when the (laughs) NBA suspended operations.
2: And, and, and some teams are in different situations, John. I mean, the, the the teams that were in the bottom of the of the standings most of them are going to be continue the rebuilding process right you, you mm-hmm. us included in the process but the warriors who were there at the bottom for different reasons are going to be competing against the nuggets the jazz the clippers and the lakers who were late in the bubble meanwhile these guys have had longer than the 200 days Break between, between Curry and, and, and Thompson who were, are coming back from injuries. You know, over there, the, the Nets, for example, even though they went to the bubble, but they got a whole rebuilding, a whole new roster coming in with, with Durant and Kyrie. But again, I want to go back to what I think is going to be the difference next year. We all know we have a legal professional because the quality of, of, of games and action was really good after, after, the, after the stop and in the bubble, but it's going to be the difference on what each team has done to keep these players engaged, to keep these players in shape, and what every player has done for themselves as well. So we'll see the difference. You know, obviously, there's still changes on the traveling and, and, and everything else, but <laughs> December 22nd is coming really quick, John, <laughs> and everybody's going to be ready. I mean, Rob, we're playing preseason games in the middle of next month.
0: I mean, and it's, it's again, we had nothing to time on our hands. We had nothing to do for months and months and months. Now, all of a sudden, it's hurry up and get ready. And I think that's a welcome thing for the Cavaliers organization. You mentioned the Warriors. I think that's a fascinating case study, isn't it? I mean, they finished 30th out of 30 teams last season, yet Vegas has them again as one of the favorites coming into this year. Right. They have the asset of that number two pick in the draft. So we're going to find out. What's, you know, happening with that team as we move forward? Rob, you know, we, when we had the happy hour Cavs HQs, all right, talking to different players, talking to Coach Bickerstaff throughout the summer, that was one of the big questions. You know, how are you keeping in touch with the players? How are you making sure that they're doing constructive things? That, I mean, when they're in a situation where it's difficult, to do constructive things considering the circumstances. And and they talked over and over about the continuous Zoom calls, about staying in touch, about getting them all the equipment that they need, and the Cavs really have been on top of this from the get-go, as have a lot of different clubs. But I I agree with you. That was essential in terms of getting them ready for the mini-bubble first and now continuing that on as we head toward December 1st.
2: It'd be interesting. I can't wait to see it, John. It'd be interesting to see how you know that little bubble that we had works. Uh, turns out to, to what the result will be coming in. You know we are really bringing in the same team as last year with the exception of a couple of players, and and, and we're going to see now. I'm sure JB Bickerstaff can't wait to get get his guys back at Cleveland Clinic Courts and get going. But just before we go, some of the things that have to be changed. Every two game regular season, training camp opens December first. Regular season to start December 22nd. It will end around May 16th, and the NBA finals have to end on July 22nd because we haven't mentioned the Olympics have to be played as well in Tokyo this year that were not played last year. And that's very important for the sport and for some of our, some of international players. So a lot of stuff has to happen before, before the end of, the, of, of next summer.
0: Yeah, and I think really most importantly to the league, you don't want to run into those ratings problems again. You know, that's, I mean, obviously sports fans love the Olympics. That's what they're watching. You don't want to have those problems again. But that's an excellent point, Rob. The season gets shortened from 82 to 72 games. We're going to have a handful of preseason games before we get going. But uh, here it is. We're right on the cusp. So uh, some good stuff straight ahead. Speaking of straight ahead, uh, it took some tremendous medical work to allow the Orlando bubble to even take place, to even fathom the Orlando bubble. We all know the results, not a single positive test the entire time in the Orlando bubble. Kudos to the players. And the staff everybody for taking responsibility also kudos to the league for all the administrative matters that had to be taken care of and the medical matters as well we are lucky in our next segment to be joined by dr rick figler of cleveland clinic and he's been so instrumental with the cavaliers over a number of years but maybe you know more so over the last handful of months he's been on the front line fighting COVID. we'll talk to dr figler right after this on Cavs hq presented by sherwin williams And we are back here on Cavs ace Hugh, John and Rafa. Rafa, only a few weeks until training camp opens at Cleveland Clinic Courts. excited to get back there once again. The Cleveland Clinic, of course, has been such a fantastic partner to the Cavs over the years. And considering the circumstances, what an asset to have, not just for the players, but for all the employees in the Cavaliers organization over these last seven months during these unprecedented times.
2: I call it a luxury, John. We have one of the best hospitals in the nation, and maybe in the world, where people from out of the, out of, out of the state out of this country come to Cleveland Clinic to, to get their medical care, and, and, and the partnership that the Cavaliers have with the Cleveland Clinics, and also the benefit that we have, we have been receiving as employees of the Cavs has been immense during these last few months.
0: We're gonna bring in our special guests here. We all know how successful the Orlando bubble was the Cavs bubble as well. We have Dr. Rick Figler from Cleveland Clinic with us, who not only has done a wonderful job with the Cavs over the years, but maybe none finer than the job done on the front lines of battling COVID during these trying times. Doc, thanks so much for taking the time to join us.
1: Oh, My pleasure, my pleasure.
0: Can you even begin to walk us through what a tremendous undertaking it was? Let's start with making the practice facility safe for players and coaches to return in May for individual workouts. What did it all take to, to make it happen and to ensure the safety of players and
1: staff alike? You know, and obviously safety first and foremost, right? We were trying to make sure that uh, anybody that walked in that building was gonna be as safe as possible. Uh, and that was kind of at the relatively beginning of getting more into the socialization of things. So the, the NBA has done an absolutely outstanding job uh, of making sure that the protocols were in place. And it was, it was our job to kind of follow it for each particular uh, building that we were walking into. Uh, working with you know, Steve Spiro and, and, and the rest of the staff to make sure that things were as, as safe as they possibly could be. Um, uh, we, there were a lot of emails going back and forth, uh, a, lot of, a lot of questions, a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions about, you know, can we tweak this, can we tweak that? Uh, and everybody worked together, you know, the clinic, the NBA, the Cavs, uh, to make it as, as safe as possible. Uh, it was quite the undertaking, but obviously it worked out pretty well. Uh, we were able to keep guys safe and get the appropriate testing done when we needed to uh, without overburdening at that time, the number of tests that were going to the calves that could have been used for other people. So everyone was very aware of, of uh, making sure that uh, uh, things were safe uh, and that we had testing to fall back on in case anybody should get sick. And, and we had plans in case someone did get ill uh, to make sure that we were gonna mitigate it as quickly as possible uh, to prevent any spread.
2: Dr. Figler, you know, um I always say that the, the, the fact to be working for the Cavaliers and have access to the Cleveland Clinic is a luxury for all of our, of our team members, and I, I wanted to talk to you about the, the role the clinic has played, not only with the Cavaliers, but also with the community here in Cleveland, and also with the, with the community in the, in, the, in the country, because yes, there is no precedent to what we're dealing with when it comes to basketball, but in the world of medicine, there is a precedent. There are some precedent when it comes to pandemics and stuff, but how crazy were those first days for you guys at the clinic? And has it gotten any easier or any better in the planning and in, and in what's coming, to, what's coming to, in the future?
1: Yeah, so, um, so I remember getting the first call from Steve uh, about you know, what was going on in the NBA March 12th, 13th, whenever that was, and, and being part of, of a team with the clinic you know, and, and being able to reach out to the head of infectious disease that night. You know talking to him at five o'clock the next morning about what we're going to do and and, and how we're going to approach all this um i mean he had all the answers already and this was just just starting and you know, because the preparation for this started way earlier than when the nba was really affected by this uh and and that was in early you know january 2020 um and and and, and we're we're a part of all that stuff right but but he the, the the leadership of of the clinic, you know, from Dr. Mahalovich, Dr. Rubin, to Dr. Gordon and Dr. Wiley, all of them putting all of this together, and the leaders meeting on a regular basis, uh, you know, shifting what they needed to as the pandemic de- de- described, and 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 really the pandemic was making the decisions for us more so than anything else. You know, to put up Hope Hospital, you know, thousand-bed hospital that fortunately wasn't used. But we were ready for that pandemic you know to, to hit us pretty hard uh and, and they've been prepared along every step of the way to uh, to making sure that you know the community has been safe but also making sure that our caregivers are, are kept safe too coming back into the work environment you know from screening to the mass mandates the visitation uh issue the the visitation restrictions that they put on folks um all that stuff has been to make sure that it's a safe environment to come in here. I will tell you that I feel much more safe coming to work on a daily basis than I do going to the grocery store. Uh, so they, they've really make sure, made sure sure that this is a great environment for us to continue to work in, and it, it's been safe. Um, the the leadership that the clinic has had to 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 allow different companies, you know, you've seen their affiliation with United, uh, you know, going out to uh, to the White House. Uh, Dr. Mahalovich was out of the White House making sure that uh, we were at the table discussing this with the leaders of the country. Um, and it's really, it's, it's humbling to be part of such an outstanding organization. But but you're right, you know, the, the clinic has really paved the way for some of the safety aspects moving forward for the pandemic, and and this is gonna change. And, you know, as we're seeing right now with the number of viruses, a number of cases going up, it's gonna have to change again, but, but we're prepared. Uh, the clinic can easily tr- uh, have uh, 600 more beds if we needed to. So we could we could take that onslaught. Uh, we have the, the, the largest number of intensive care unit beds in the state of Ohio, but we could add more if we needed to as well. So and, and that's leadership. That's teamwork. That's making sure that everybody is there because it's not just opening up the beds. It's having the personnel to make sure that the, those, those people, patients are taken care of as well. You
0: know, Rick, it's said, We've been kidding throughout the show that for about six or seven months from a basketball perspective, kind of been sitting around all of a sudden a couple of days ago we hear all right camps are going to start december 1st and the season's going to start the week of christmas which is great news for basketball fans from a medical perspective now okay we're going from the orlando bubble where you mentioned the tremendous you know wildly successful bubble that they had down there in terms of the the medicals and zero positive tests now the protocols are different and, and there's still some details obviously a lot of details Be worked out to get this going how do you expect things to be different as
1: we head into the regular season so you know obviously as you mentioned you know the bubble great 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 planning for that and 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 you know and i'm actually i'm i'm really honored to be part of the the sports scientific committee and we had meetings leading up there we would meet about you know three four times a year we were meeting every week sometimes twice a week to go through all the different articles that were coming out about covid um the, the leadership at the NBA really made a great plan for down in Orlando. That's a lot of that's going to be able to be transmitted towards what we're going to be doing throughout the course of the season because they learned a lot. They learned a lot about testing. They learned a lot about the advancement of testing as time has gone on. And they have kept their their eye on the scientific literature uh, with the leaders like you know Cleveland Clinic, um, and, and you know, the and all the different labs and all the different companies that they have affiliations with to make sure that um, all the latest technology is gonna be there for the NBA. Um, it's gonna be meetings. You know, they, we were, I was on a conference call just last night uh, to, to go through some of the, the different protocols that are gonna be in place uh, moving forward with, uh, uh, with getting back into this, this, not really bubble, but this, this new normal that we're gonna be anticipated for. Um, it's gonna be walkthroughs, making sure that we have uh, the appropriate um, uh, safeguards at every, every, every point. Um, they're gonna dictate a lot, the NBA will, of what we can do appropriately to make sure that things are safe. Uh, but there will be leeway across every, every arena, every practice facility uh, to make sure that every step along the way we have protocols in place that are gonna, again, keep people as safe as possible uh, using the, uh, the, the fundamentals that we know work, right? Washing your hands, wearing a mask, uh, keeping your distance. Uh, and, and if we do those things, uh, appropriately, not just within the building, because outside the building as well, we have to make sure that everyone is, is is honoring those, so we can keep our team within the building safe as well.
0: Dr. Rick Figler, phenomenal stuff as always. Uh, you know, on, on behalf of the Cavaliers family, thank you to the clinic, thank you personally for everything you've done. Uh, fantastic stuff for the last couple of months. Thanks for joining us, and uh, once again, keep up the terrific work.
1: Uh, my pleasure, my pleasure.
0: Thanks a ton, Rick. More Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin Williams right after this. We are back to wrap things up on Cavs HQ. Only weeks away from the start of the preseason in mid-December. Regular season gets started the week of Christmas. What we'll a present, Rafa. The NBA <laughs> is back.
2: And don't forget the draft on free agency right before that. <laughs> Did wild. You mean I mean, you want, to talk about, yeah, you want to talk about
0: a wild month. You want to talk about front offices needing to scramble just a little. How about the guys who get drafted? I mean, you used to have a couple of months after you get drafted to get you know accustomed to your new team, or you're playing. For, I mean, they're coming right into camp just, just a week or two later. So it's it's going to be some fun
2: stuff. Instead of a suit, they're going to have to come on with their uniform, but they might have to jump on the court right after they get picked.
0: <laughs> there ain't a lot of time. There is not a lot of time going to be fun. Buckle up. Hang on. This has been Cavs HQ. See you next time.